Bloomington's mayor heads to Springfield to testify about who should get a certain pot of tax money. That's one of the things you need to know to start your day for Thursday, April 20th. I'm Ryan Denham, and this is WGLT's The Leadoff. Support for The Leadoff on WGLT and WGLT.org comes from the Central Illinois Regional Airports in Bloomington, featuring summer vacation destinations for travelers to see the world via American, Delta, Frontier, and Allegiant. CIRA, your trip starts here. Details at CIRA.com. Let's lead off with a fight over tax money that local governments say is theirs, not the state's. WGLT's Eric Stock explains. The state of Illinois gave 10% of all state income tax money to local governments for decades. That stopped over a decade ago when the state raised the income tax. That local funding has never been fully restored, costing municipal and county governments billions of dollars to fund essential services. Bloomington Mayor Mboka Mwilambwe says the state may have had good reason to keep more of that money when times were tough, but... With the improvement of the fiscal picture in the past couple of years, I, I believe this is the appropriate time for, for the LGDF uh, fund to be restored to the 10% rate that it was funded at prior to 2011. LGDF stands for Local Government Distributive Fund. Mwilambwe was one of more than a dozen mayors who testified before an Illinois House committee. Mwilambwe says a one percent increase in the city's tax share could help it expand street resurfacing, repair more sidewalks, replace park equipment, expand sewer work, and more. These funds help us provide much-needed services for our communities and contribute to the overall quality of life. Lawmakers were generally receptive to the mayor's request. Republican State Representative Martin McLaughlin describes the income tax money as a promise to local governments, just like the public safety pensions they have to fund. This actually goes directly to funding a lot of your pension obligations. So for those in this committee and those in the chamber that vote to keep this at 40% from where it should be, you're breaking that promise, which is falling down on the job for what we're supposed to be doing as legislators. State lawmakers also noted local governments have added new revenue streams, legalized gambling and marijuana sales. Some mayors said cannabis sales have been minimal or declining, and not every community has slot machines. For the leadoff, I'm Eric Stock. Here's some other stories we're following in the WGLT newsroom. The electric automaker Rivian says it expects the federal government will restore its eligibility for a portion of a tax credit enacted last year to encourage EV purchases. The McLean County Chamber of Commerce is hosting an info session today at noon with the EDC to talk about millions in grants available to restaurants, hotels, and creative arts businesses. And the Woodford County Board will hold an emergency meeting next Monday to find a stopgap solution for animal control services. That's after the board fired animal control administrator Tim Abney this week. You can find more on these stories at WGLT.org. What at first looks like a nondescript classroom in Turner Hall on ISU's campus boasts thousands of garments spanning more than 100 years of fashion. It's all part of the Lois Jet Historic Costume Collection. And right now, this pint-sized gallery is hosting a student-led exhibit called Grooving Through the 1960s. WGLT's Lauren Warnicke has more. 
the show explores various colors and textures from the decade, plus curated selections from the mod and hippie eras. I've always really liked 60s wear. That's Nina Floresca, a senior fashion major and intern for the Lois Jet Collection. Floresca and fellow intern Kende Aiden were responsible for installing the exhibit. I think it's just, it's such a fun time. Everything's very bright, and I typically like wearing brighter, more colorful clothes, um, a lot of patterns too. Um, so I think for me, I just, I resonate with that. You talked about going the three different themes, right? Color, mod, and hippies. But is that a chronological journey? Is it based on color or textures or textiles? Or, you know, how would you describe that? I would say, like, when you first walk into the collection. This is Aiden. You see, it's kind of like a a world view of it at first. Like you kind of see the whole entire collection. Then as you get closer, you get to actually see the textures and the patterns and the colors and the materials that were present during that time. And don't quote me on this, but I do think like, was it polyester or nylon that became more like frequent? Yeah, mm-hmm. synthetic fibers became more integrated. People were very that. flammable in yeah. the 60s. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I know that part of the uh, training cycle of the gallery is that you are in this role as an intern implementing someone else's design. And now you're also in the process and you're working together, is that yes. correct? Yes. So you're, you're in the process of developing your own show yes. that'll be put up in the fall. So what can you tell me about what you've learned through this process and and if you've arrived at a theme for your show yet. What we want to do, we have arrived on a theme. We don't know the specific title yet, but we do want it to revolve around women throughout history. Again, Nina Floresca. We especially wanted to emphasize uh, minority women throughout history, so that's one thing we're making sure we definitely represent. Just say a little more about that. Um, I would say, like, I do think women of color have influenced the fashion scene a lot more. It's more from the bottom up. And I do know, like, when it starts with African-American women or, like, Asian women, I see more of the majority of the population being like, oh, that's cool. I want to try it. So then, and then it's in Target, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so then it becomes mainstream. But I, we want to remind people that, like, this is where credit is due. And mm. I feel like... We want to create that story and create that like time capsule of like each woman in history did contribute some way to how things are today. I know you want to say more, Nina. I can feel it. I can feel it. Go uh, ahead. Just kind of going off of that, yeah. It, we found that it's important to showcase the women where these styles and trends have originated from, um, especially like how our current exhibit has the '60s, where a lot of '60s where some like the prints were kind of inspired off of like. Asian prints, African prints, um, but they weren't necessarily worn by people of Asian or African descent. So we want to showcase people wearing their culture's garments. Grooving Through the 1960s is open Tuesdays and Thursdays from 11 to 1 or by appointment. The exhibit is free and runs through May 5th. Support for arts and culture programming on WGLT comes from PNC Financial Services, where focusing on giving back is part of an ongoing commitment to the community PNC serves. Before we let you go, Normal's Zoning Board of Appeals meets today at 5 at City Hall. On the agenda are proposals for two cannabis dispensaries that have already been rejected once before. That's it for today. I'm Ryan Denham. The show is produced by Colin Winkleman. You can subscribe to the Leadoff Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or the NPR app.